Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This past week, the city of Chicago announced the completion of the more than a decade-long O'Hare modernization program that changed the very shape of the big, busy airport. But that doesn't mean the construction crews are heading for the departure lounge. There's a lot more on the horizon for O'Hare, and we'll also find out what's up at Midway, too. This weekend, it's a conversation with Chicago's Commissioner of Aviation, Jamie Reed. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Remember when $6 billion sounded like a lot of money? Well, that was the investment for the O'Hare Modernization Program, a literal airport reconfiguration. Here to talk about the finish of the OMP, the future of Chicago airports and more, is Aviation Commissioner Jamie Ree. Now, if bringing the OMP to a conclusion and running the airports through some tough times were the only things Ms. Reed has done, it would be a pretty good record but she has a laundry list of accomplishments. In fact, it might seem as if the only thing she hasn't done for the city is run the laundries. Jamie Ree was Chicago's chief procurement officer before she took over the airports, so she presided over all of the contracting. She also worked for the aviation department before that. Uh, She was the general counsel, the top lawyer for the O'Hare Modernization Program. She's worked for the city's law department and the Department of Planning. She's also been a deputy chief of staff to the mayor. Uh, We are conducting this interview via Zoom conferencing. And finally, Jamie Reed, welcome to the program. Thank you, Craig. Thanks for having me. Well, now, can you, uh, the, the, the program is, has come to its conclusion Uh, such that it is. Can you briefly explain the magnitude of the OMP? I mean, it's it's really expanded O'Hare by quite a bit. Absolutely. And thanks, Craig. This is a 16-year, $6 billion investment that has included the construction of four new runways, um, extensions of two existing runways, and the construction of two new air traffic control towers, as well as many other enabling projects. Um, Since the beginning of the OMP, system impact delays, those delays that we all remember back in the days, um, which are really the controllable delays to an aircraft that are a result of infrastructure constraints um, in this uh, national aviation air system, have been reduced by 64% when you compare 2003-2008 to the current. So um, what we did, it's working. The uh, number of people traveling by air has taken some big hits over the last two decades. Uh, 9-11, of course, was one of those uh, 
uh, big hits. Uh, COVID caused a big drop. How does uh, an airport system like the one that Chicago has and the, uh, and the aviation industry cope with that kind of a roller coaster that does seem to happen every once in a while? Yeah, well, one thing we know is people want to travel. Um, they need to travel. And so we are very optimistic that we will ultimately um, get those travelers back. But you're right, even you know, challenges that um, relate to the continued COVID-19 spread, um, we, we see those challenges throughout the years, the, throughout the world, in fact, um, and a lot of um, countries dealing with it very differently, um, especially overseas. Um, but we are now back, at least in Chicago, we have regained much of our pre-COVID service, um, serving all 268 overall destinations. That's seven less than in 2019, with all 197 domestic destinations in 20, uh, 2021, um, which is one more than in 2019, and 71 international, which is eight less than 2019. So we're rebounding slightly, um, and we're seeing that throughout this, the system. We're similar to other U.S. airports, and, and we've really seen some recent softening in the demand. And, you know, due to the spread of the Delta variant, um, which uh, is going to be very typical for these types of years to see a reduced demand level anyway. But with the, the recent um, uptick in, in the spread, you know, we expect to see um, uh, some more impacts. However, we're very optimistic that we're going to continue to see the recovery, um, especially in the domestic leisure market. We've seen a strong recovery, um, especially over at Midway. Um, but O'Hare right now is operating at about 80 percent of uh, its 2019 traffic and um, uh, Midway's uh, uh, much higher than that. What's the boost for Midway? Just you know, it's, it's always relied heavily on domestic leisure travel. They're not as reliant on international travel as O'Hare. We're very lucky at O'Hare that we have such a diversification of our markets. We have a strong OND, which is a rich origin and destination market, um, but we also have a large connecting volume that goes through here that never exits security that gets on one plane and goes to another um, and then as well as the balance of international so so O'Hare is about 80 percent which is which is in line with other um, large hubs across the country well one thing I do want to talk about uh, for a bit is uh, this is also the week we observe uh, the 20th uh, anniversary of the uh, the tragic 9/11 terrorist attacks um, that was an event that, that really, uh, I think, transformed air travel and airports, and in some cases, uh, transformed them physically. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what you have seen over the last 20 years uh, as, as far as air travel and airports are concerned? You got um, so Craig, I will tell you, um, I worked in the airports. My first job with the city of Chicago was as a airport information representative where I assisted passengers and customer service and foreign language um, at O'Hare. Um, and I remember the days pre 9-11. Um, I left um, O'Hare in uh, 1999 to join the planning department. But I remember witnessing firsthand the impacts of that dreadful day um, and the aftermath that significantly affected air travel um, you know, and what we see still today. Um, I think what you saw immediately after 9-11 was the federalization of airport security. So prior to 9-11, 
um, airport security at those checkpoints was really a hodgepodge of contractors that was paid for by the airline partners, um, different in each terminal, depending on who was who was operating out of terminals. And so that federalization, which started under the Bush administration, really focused on creating the Department of Homeland Security, the TSA, as we know it. Um, it didn't exist before 9-11. Um, and then we went into looking at baggage and, ba and passenger screening. Um, and one of the first changes that passengers noticed right away was the significant expansion in the scope and scale of the security checkpoint. In its early days, TSA deployed thousands of X-ray scanners and magnetometers to existing airport facilities, almost all of which varied on the degree of retrofitting them into it. Um, and space that was required to accommodate all of these has really had a substantial impact across every airport. Um, and it's felt even today. Um, I think that then the focus went to baggage screening and looking at that. Um, and then since 2010, DHS is really focused in primary two areas. One is a risk-based approach, which is adopting trusted traveler programs for both TSA, like your pre-check, um, as well as clear offering other options um, for international passenger processing. Um, these programs obviously allow for a less intensive on airport search in exchange for some passengers subjecting themselves to some you know, further background checks. Um, and then we looked at equipment modernization, which we still see where technology advances have allowed automated imaging and screening to better detect those prohibited items we all know about, um, and, but also to really look and, and, and the current landscape and the current threats um, and be able to tailor the technology to those. Um, and so we've seen many initial inline baggage screening deployments from the 2000s have been optimized with new machines and better conveyance systems to really increase capacity and the throughput. How concerned are you uh, about the ability of the, if you are, uh, about the ability of the technology to keep up with the technology, you know, they're, they're trying to thwart mayhem but then there are people who are trying to use technology to, uh, to, to cause it with hacking and things like that. Does that worry you? You know, I will tell you that we have from day one, we take safety and security here at the uh, airports um, is our number one priority. Um, and Mayor Lightfoot has done a tremendous job in investing in looking at those threats from every landscape possible, and including cyber technology threats that, that we could face, um, as well as the ones that we do know about, um, which would affect facilities. And so looking at every aspect, um, we're very lucky to have incredible federal partners out here and airline partners that support those initiatives. Um, we invest in our own technology and have our own um, emergency systems set up in place at both airports. Um, if COVID taught us anything, um, it really brought our airport family closer together. And we realized how the symbiotic relationships between all of us play an important role in maintaining safety and security at both of our airports. We also have um, very lucky to have Chicago Police Department as our designated law enforcement um, agency out here and Chicago Fire as well. So we are um, ever vigilant. We will never let our guard down. We can never um, rest on any of our successes and we have to plan for the worst. And that's what we continue to do is make sure that we are looking at every um, aspect of, of our organization across both airports to ensure that safety is paramount above all. Do you expect that there, there will be more technology? I mean, you talked a little bit about this, that it is evolving. What do you see as the next step in 
what we may see out at O'Hare because you know every once in a while we'll see a new or a different machine. Sure. Uh, what's 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 down the pike? You know, I think looking at throughput and how to again exchange some of these programs that that require some background vetting for you to be able to um, uh, ease up on some of the restrictions at the checkpoint. So I think we'll see a further diversification of that, um, perhaps enhanced screening and, and, and continuing down that way, but also biometrics. Um, we are looking at biometrics now and working with our Customs and Border Protection um, uh, officials out here for the international screening. So I think we'll continue to see um, more automation of systems and less paper. Um, printing out that boarding pass, a lot of folks now have it right on their phone. But I think we're gonna continue to see innovations that way. Um, and then the technology is gonna keep evolving and just keep getting better with the focus on safety and security first, but also efficiency of travel um, and making sure again, that we can accommodate that, that recovery um, when it returns. You know, we, we talk so much about the security part uh, but uh, the airports are a lot more than than that. Uh, is is the next frontier on on the actual uh, concessions and things like that? The the things inside the airport. Uh, how is that going to change? Sure. Well, I will tell you um, through COVID, and and we will, are very thankful and internally grateful for our airline partners for negotiating the 2018 airport use and lease agreement, which funded eight and a half billion dollars of very sorely needed infrastructure improvements to O'Hare. Once the airfield was done, we now have turned to the facilities. Um, and so during COVID, we actually accelerated some work, especially as it relates to T5, where the construction is most visible. Um, all the structural steel has been laid um, in June for the 10 new gates that will be added on to T5. We're adding approximately 350,000 square feet to the existing facility, which you know opened in 1993. I was actually here right after it opened um, that facility. So to see these very sorely needed improvements um, to that building, um, we've made significant progress. But I will tell you that no one knows the power of procurement um, more than Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Lightfoot understands that how these can provide job opportunities and capacity building for our small diverse communities of businesses. I spent 10 years, as you said, as the chief procurement officer. So I get to witness firsthand um, the programs and bid incentives um, and policies that were put in place by uh, the city council um, to make sure that we were diversifying and providing opportunities. So we here at, at O'Hare and Midway both, we care about what's being built and it will be built, these enhancements, but also who's building them. Um, it's very important to us. And so we continue to look at um, being as inclusive as possible. Um, and you know, we thank Mayor Lightfoot for her commitment, but all of the mayors that I've served, Mayor Daly, Mayor Emanuel, have all cared deeply about that. And 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 um, uh, the city is a benefit, or the, the airport is a benefit of has the benefit of that. And so we're going to continue um, looking at improvements. So the the next wave will be the um, what we call O'Hare 21, which is the um, terminal area plan that includes the new global terminal, which will eventually place ter replace terminal two. Um, terminal two was 56 years old and was dedicated by John F. Kennedy. So it is in need of repair. Um, and that need um, did not change with COVID. And so we have moved forward on design and are at 10% design progression with that, as well as two satellite concourses to the west of that, and then a connecting tunnel um, that will connect um, the global concourse with the two satellites. 
Um, all of that is under current um, review by the FAA under an environmental assessment. And uh, we've made significant progress um, towards uh, that project as well. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. We are talking with Chicago Aviation Commissioner Jamie Ree, and we are conducting this conversation via Zoom. And I want to talk a little bit more about T2 because I, I think people hear that it's, it's, it's kind of an international terminal, kind of a domestic terminal, and not quite sure what or why that is because I don't think we've seen that much anywhere. Can you talk a little bit about the concept of the of T2? Yeah, so really in negotiating the airport use and lease agreement, one of the things that we really wanted to focus on was um, our, our passenger amenities for our um, for our uh, traveling public. And, you know, what was important for us here was that this plan is going to deliver on really four major objectives. One, it's going to replace these aged in facilities that are functionally obsolete, like Terminal 2, um, and provide operation operating efficiencies for both of uh, our airlines and businesses that operate at the airport. So we will have a co-location of international arrivals with domestic gates um, for our hub airlines and brand new baggage handling systems in the Terminal 2. So United, I mean, can you explain why you want to have international and domestic flights uh, in the same place? Sure. The connecting activity that happens for international um, traffic coming in right now, we our port of entry is in Terminal Five. Um, so if you are coming in from a direct flight from overseas, you will be processed by CBP in Terminal Five. Um, you may be traveling on, which a lot of our um, traffic is. Um, nearly half of our domestic travel is uh, connecting traffic, um, which would require you to leave and exit Terminal Five and go to the main terminals one, two, and three to take out an ex uh, your next flight domestically. This new concept and our new global terminal will actually co-locate international and domestic, our hub uh, carriers for United and Terminal 1 and um, American and Terminal 3. Right in the middle will be an international terminal, which will be able to facilitate their code share partners and alliance partners, as well as provide, again, that access point for coming in, never having to leave that terminal from an international flight being processed and being able to jump on another flight very quickly. So it's much more efficient to have co-location of your international and domestic for our hub carriers. And so... Does this entail, or it seems like it would, real coordination uh, between the airlines and the airport about what kind of flights uh, should be in that terminal as opposed to in the regular domestic terminals? Yep. So we are, um, you know, really focused on working for with our um, airline partners, and we couldn't have better ones. Both of them have come to the table through COVID. We have continued to make progress moving forward um, on some very critical, like I said, overdue infrastructure um, upgrades. And we meet with them continuously about what the 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 uh, ultimate plan will be and how it will serve their passengers and meet the needs of their um, traveling public, both for um, for both of our coach share partners as well as all the other long-term signatories we have at O'Hare. Um, so what we'll really have is two points of entry. So Terminal 5 will continue to process international passengers. Um, the idea is that come next year when the upgrades are finally done to Terminal um, 5, that Delta will be moving in probably sometime this year, this time next year. Delta will remove itself from Terminal 2, move over to Terminal 5, um, and uh, will continue operating out of there, as does Southwest 
West, which started service in February of this year. Um, and we'll start international service out of Terminal 5 um, in November to Cancun for the first time. Um, but Terminal 2 will also be a second point of entry, again, for those for our hub carriers, Terminals 1 and Terminal 3, United and American, to co-locate uh, their, um, their flights out of the other uh, international terminal. Now, can you talk about a little bit about the what's what else is going to go on at O'Hare? Because it's not just the new terminals that the uh, uh, runways made way for, but you, you're going to have to have some new roads in and out of there, right? Yeah, we, we are working um, very closely with IDOT and our other CTA, as well as the tollway on both sides of our airports, looking at significant upgrades to the current configuration. Um, we are in constant um, discussions with the uh, Illinois tollway on a bypass road that will significantly decrease the amount of traffic ultimately that comes through the front door of O'Hare, that I-190 entrance into O'Hare. And then further down the road, IDOT, um, as well as the tollway and the CTA and CDOT, um, as well as many other agencies cooperating, will work on a reconfiguration of that entire um, 294, I-190, 9094 um, juncture there. Um, and and uh, we remain committed as a partner um, to ensuring that uh, that's delivered, that because that is absolutely sorely needed with the traffic congestion coming into O'Hare. So by those two points, creating a Western bypass, as well as the upgrades eventually of the front door, um, we believe that we'll address the congestion that is sometimes faced uh, traveling public coming to O'Hare. So you have to worry about what's on the ground as well as in the air. Indeed. Um, What's for everything that we're talking about? What's the timetable uh, for for the next phase of O'Hare? So again, those are constant communications and elements of this will continue to come online. Like I said, Terminal 5, um, those first elements will be sometime next year when we get Delta moved in there. But um, we're doing new baggage systems and building a, a garage to accommodate the growth in domestic traffic over at Terminal 5, um, which, as you probably noted, was a, was originally just to be an international terminal. Um, we have repurposed it and currently use it for a few domestic flights, but it will become even more of a domestic slash international terminal as we move forward. Um, also, this, this uh, last month, or I think in July, we issued a uh, concessions opportunity. You talked about what's inside the uh, terminals available for businesses. Um, and we have about 10 different locations, which include the majority of them are in Terminal 5, to actually have amenities for that new 350,000 square feet that we're adding to that existing footprint. Um, so a lot of opportunities will continue there. Um, we just uh, went to city council with some leases on some innovative new approaches to concessions. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the traveling public's uh, habits change um, as, a as a result of COVID. Um, perhaps some will not, and you're still going to want to make sure that you are providing um, both the sit-down options, both fast food options, and perhaps some of the you know garden grocer type things and vending machines that are coming out, really innovative, touchless um, options. Um, also, we have a Hudson on the go that we opened up at Midway, which is one of those um, uh, new kinds of shopping centers where you go in and you, um, you know, take the items that you want after registering and you don't need to stop. It just automatically charges you as you leave. So, and then also the last um, element will be delivery at the gate. Um, we also offer that option over at Midway now and are looking to expand that service into O'Hare. And let's talk about Midway. What is the future for uh, Midway? We cannot leave out 
the uh, city's other airport with its leisure travelers and others. So what, what are you doing uh, at, at, at Midway, which I still think of as the airport that had to do the biggest pivot on 9-11 because they had just reconfigured everything and that nice bridge out of the parking lot was your way to just walk to the gate. And now <clears throat> it's totally different. And, and you're absolutely right. Midway was really impacted, especially right at first when you were taking equipment that it was not designed to be housed in that brand new facility that they had opened um, and reconfiguring it and putting a lot of machinery, heavy machinery in there. Um, so we are very thankful that we just finished the uh, modernization of that checkpoint. It's an 80,000 square foot pavilion over um, the uh, Cicero Avenue, and it expanded the throughput. We also remember that we had significant delays going through Midway through the checkpoint points um, several years ago. And this has really remedied that. We've taken the throughput from 2,500 people an hour to 5,000. So really upgrading those facilities. And it's absolutely beautiful. Um, in addition, we worked on some terminal parking structure um, uh, enhancements, some LED lighting and upgraded elevator control systems, um, as well as the uh, um, exit um, revenue control systems for paying for tickets on your way out. Um, so a lot of um, touching, uh, uh, a lot of projects that really actually went to amenities for, for the passengers. Um, and then we continue to work on the concessions redevelopment. Um, that's been a significant investment by our partners, the Midway um, team over there. And uh, they've opened about, I think, 30 locations out of 70. Um, we just saw a brand new one open up in the uh, baggage claim area, De Colores, which is one of our local uh, uh, vendors here, just opened up a coffee shop in the lower level baggage claim area. So we're going to continue to see new um, and exciting uh, concession opportunities um, emerging over the next several years at Midway as well. Um, we have not, uh, or back in the day, I guess, we talked a lot about things like noise and pollution when we were talking about airports. Uh, there has been less talk about it lately, uh, and that's some of it. It has to do with all the other problems we're talking about. But, but uh, I does the fact that we aren't seeing as much attention mean that the problems are lessening, or or what is happening on those fronts? Absolutely not. We remain um, committed to being good neighbors at both of our airports um, and have very robust. Um, sound uh, commissions at both the ONCC, the O'Hare Noise Compatibility Commission, which is chaired um, by uh, Chairman Anunzio, and then uh, the Midway Noise Compatibility Commission, which is chaired by Chairman Baliga. Um, both meet regularly and discuss noise. Um, we want to make sure that we are addressing it. You know, we've done a very robust, um, thanks to the FAA, a very robust um, sound insulation program, our residential sound insulation program, um, you know, putting in uh, soundproofing for um, over 20,000 homes as well as schools at both O'Hare and Midway. Um, the airfield reconfiguration, which we're very excited um, in completing this year with uh, the extension of nine right, um, which is what we're celebrating, um, really paves the way for a balanced airfield with three northern runways, three southern runways, where we're able to balance that noise. Um, we have a fly quiet uh, program that's been in existence for 24 years, um, trying to reduce nighttime noise levels. Um, and um, we're in an interim configuration now, but ultimately we'll have a permanent one once the uh, uh, air traffic controllers have access to all of our runways um, and we're able to work that through the uh, ONCC 
um, the, the different rotations. I will say that I think Chicago boasts of one of the only um, noise compatibility commissions that actually is weighing in on um, air traffic control patterns um, and working with the FAA. They've been great partners as well as the uh, ONCC on, on really working through what that might look like a rotation schedule. Uh, does, the, uh, does the system make adjustments because of public input like that? Uh, you're, you're getting, you're, you must be hearing from neighbors sometimes about, wait, this isn't working for us. Sure. And I think a lot of it is making sure that we educate the public on some of the measures that we've already done and all of the tools and resources that are available to them. Um, but the purview of, uh, of, of the noise um, uh, is under uh, FAA, the Federal Aviation um, uh, Administration. And so we work very closely with them as well in developing the noise contour map, which shows eligibility and how that map is produced. Um, there was recently a study that was put out by the FAA seeking public comment. Um, from uh, uh, impacted homeowners. And uh, we uh, uh, are working very closely with them to take whatever comes out of, ultimately whatever would come out of the FAA's um, research into this, this topic, we'll be, we'll be happy to continue working with them. But I will say that we have been very um, involved and engaged with our neighbors and com communities surrounding both of our airports. That is Jamie Ree, Chicago's Commissioner of Aviation, and thank you so much for spending the half hour with us. To our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. There should be a link on the homepage, and you can also find our podcasts on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 1059. WBBM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.